Game Ben on Twitch asked, is this an ASMR stream? Maybe. Maybe. We can do that if you want to. My noise gate is catching everything, so you probably won't hear my mouth noises. We've also got a uh, Nick in the morning show chat, like live uh, discording his current listening through our D and D episode that we did for morning show, which is fun. Um, yeah, I want to talk to you about it. So, like the over on the morning show, it's a obviously normally just a, a morning show podcast, news, science, game of the week kind of thing. But then this you did mm-hmm. uh, once or twice. You've done like sort of a a D and D tangent. Um, walking, playing with a few of the fellow sort of mostly good stuff folks, affiliates or, or whatever they're called. Friends yeah, of so the we show. Had, <laughs> yeah. Friends of the program. We had, uh, Aaron who hosts three guys, three questions. So one of three guys. Um, and then we also had, uh, Harold on who does, who has done a lot of the voiceover for morning show in the past. I, I feel like Harold showed up to our first ever stream of morning show as well. So it's kind of like long standing uh, fans of the show. You know, we've, we've interacted on the internet quite a bit. And then uh, Andrew Huster joined us as well, who we have actually played another D and D campaign, just sort of offline. Um, believe it or not, you can actually do things and not record them and put them out as podcasts. Uh, I know, I know it's wild, but we, we did that once with a bunch of good stuff, people. Um, and, and so that was, that was pretty fun. But, uh, this in particular was kind of a, like you said, we've done the which way style, uh, adventure type things with Kenny before the last year, we actually did a audio tour through a fake haunted mansion, like from Disneyland. That was fun. Um, but this year I wanted to kind of include some, some more folks and we were near our 400th episode and I wanted to, um, do something special. So it was really cool to bring them on and do that. Uh, there is a bit of an Easter egg at the end of of the episode. I I'll just put it, I'll put it to you that way. So we're Uh, worth listening to is what you're saying. (laughs) That I cannot corroborate. No. Uh, but I, but I can say it's something. It's something. Um, so that's episode 401 good stuff.fm slash morning show slash 401 what is the uh, it, without we don't spend the whole episode I guess talking about it, but like the technology behind that these days for running a you're doing probably what like a Google Hangout of some sorts or something and and then D&D software or something so we all jumped in yeah so we tech wise we jumped into a discord call uh, with a group and you can you can like create a, a private DM basically oh that's and, why I wasn't invited gotcha okay yeah, yeah, no, I I made sure that you were you were not invited to that that particular uh, endeavor. But that's only to say that you're going to show up later and be like the big baddie at the end oh, that they have to yeah. fight. Maybe, um, you know, gotta gotta be gotta be clever yeah. with it. Uh, but we so we set up a Discord call and then we uh, everyone joined in on Roll Twenty, which is a website where uh, it will put out digital maps of places that you can go in a particular campaign and you can buy entire campaigns. Like we bought the curse of Strahd campaign, which is one of the newer ones and it came with a bunch of stuff, but we 
because it's supposed to be like creepy Halloween themed, we played through part of the, or the first part at least, of something called the Death House, which is just a dungeon. It's a level one dungeon that's supposed to be kind of like an introductory adventure for level one people. So you can go through, you can level up, you can learn some spells, you can kind of dip your toes into the role-playing aspect of of Dungeons and Dragons. It's entirely role-playing, I guess. And then math, like lots and lots of math, rolling dice. <laughs> uh, we haven't even rolled initiative yet, which is like where you fight uh, monsters and things in, in the world. But the episode so far was just them walking into the house and, and kind of um, feeling their way through it and kind of playing around with characters and, you know, the fiction and things like that. All, all theater of the mind type stuff. Right. Yeah. It, it, may- so it, was, it was a really, really good time. I, I think, I think folks had fun. It was a heck of a thing to edit. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, try, trying to manage five voices, people talking over each other and, making sure all the good jokes were in and, and all, all the jokes that Kenny had were, Cuts. were out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Cause obviously on the, I guess on the podcast side, you had them all on one channel coming in or were they, did they record to their own ends and then send it to you afterwards or they did, oh, yeah. which is great. If you, if you have space in your Dropbox folder, uh, there is now this like file requests option yeah. through Dropbox where you can just say like, Hey, here's the URL. And then everybody just drops their own thing when they're able to, and it gets added to your Dropbox automatically. That is the way to do it. If you have the ability, I mean, I still do that with Kenny, even though we are, consistently or were consistently week to week having him send me his recording his local recording um it's still really great to just know that this is kind of like an inbox but for big old files yeah yeah and as long as their browser doesn't i've had it like some people have said their browser would time out or whatever and so then you're yeah because it's like a gig and a half sometimes um but yeah most folks sent over like 320 uh mp3s three 320 kilobit right. mp3s which was fine i mean it it couldn't really tell the difference yeah yeah cool and then yeah just obviously editing time so you've broken it up did you has it been you've completed the campaign or you're doing it sort of like record edit release next record edit release kind of like that or yeah so right now we recorded i think we recorded for almost three hours um and they didn't get that far uh so we are because you had how many people going you're, to you and Four or three? Uh, four others. Yeah. Four others. So that's a lot of jokes. So we, and, uh, it, it yeah. is, it is a lot of, of uh, me trying to like really push them. This is also, I should say, if you are afraid of role playing um, because you don't know anything about it or you've never done it before, I have never DM'd nor have I ever role played uh, beyond the stuff that you and I have done, Chris. Yeah. Um that that sounded weird. More like a, we have played a good stuff D and D thing before, and we Andrew uh, DM'd that one, uh, Dungeon Mastered or or GM Game Mastered that right. one, and I played the DM role uh, for this thing. So it's me kind of like exposition style, saying what's happening in the world, giving them a little bit of color and as to you know what's actually going on, and then trying to react to what they are doing and. I found the challenge to be pretty interesting. Um, there's only so much preparation that you can put into it where it, it you know, the diminishing returns after a bit. Cause like you can't, I thought that we would maybe get to, you know, the big penultimate fight in, in the thing, but uh, 
that they didn't get into any fights. So it can go so many different ways that I just think it's worth, like, if you've never done it before and you are interested, don't let that hold you back. Uh, the fact that you maybe have never done it before. Roll 20. It's, it is totally worth it. On, like, you know, with your friends in meat space in real life, like not just not to be just over the Internet, presumably. Uh, uh, you geared more for online. Well, so roll 20 is the thing with roll 20 is that they have like all these systems built in where you can do voice recording through there you, or a, a voice chat through there. You can do video chat through there. Um, with a, so much so that there was an entire point of the episode where Aaron couldn't figure out why he was hearing Harold twice, but nobody else. <laughs> and then he would close, he would close discord and, the uh, Herald just kept, kept naming off nuts names like Brazil nuts and cashews and yeah. almonds. And it was, it was a whole situation. Um, but yeah, it, that is kind of a nice thing to, to have, but I just prefer discord because it's a, it's a dedicated application that does not really chew up any of your CPU or yeah. any, any of that. Any, uh, any Darth um, game asked uh, from mixer over a mixer. Uh, why is this a live stream? And, I, my to you, I would say, why not? First of all, um, but the the other reason is for fun, I guess, and uh, fun because we we uh, broadcast podcasts at Good Stuff FM, and so we that part of that is is live streaming it, I guess. So I know Mixer is kind of like it, Mixer. We're just I'm just using just for fun because it's an option inside of Restream to send it to Mixer, and uh, it's Mixer on its own. Mixer.io, I think, is the URL. Mixer.com, owned by Microsoft, it's their competitor to Twitch, and you can stream right from your Xbox out to Mixer, built right into the, the gaming console. And so predominantly a lot of uh, gamers would use it, but it has its own unique kind of spin where sometimes we'll have to try it, Kyle, where we, because um, even from the iOS app, the Mixer create iOS app, I think it is, you can mm-hmm. co-stream or invite someone else right into the to the call, I guess, or the stream or whatever, and and do a effectively do a show right from there. And so it has kind of a neat, and of course, it's all free, obviously, because they want you just to produce content on it. And all the same kind of stuff as Twitch is integrated with. I mean, there's like a 30, 40, 50 different like streaming platforms now for gamers and stuff that you can use. And so obviously ones like Mixer and Twitch that are owned by Microsoft and Amazon are going to probably stick around a little longer than some of the small ones. But anyway, we're just it's just for fun. So no, nobody's yeah, forcing you to we've, watch. But we've... <laughs> I don't think... <laughs> If they are, send us a sign. <laughs> yes, blink twice if if you're under duress, please. Yeah. Um, we we have also tried like just audio only streaming in the past, and that tends to work for other podcast networks. I think they they get a pretty good um, audience when they do stream their shows live. Uh, they're kind of tapping into an audience that is also very very familiar with that type of interaction because a lot of the chat room interaction is through IRC. And that is not very internet friendly these days, I would say. Uh, so our, our platform of choice and not to say it's better one way or the other uh, is usually just streaming out to these uh, video services because the audience is already there and they know how to interact yeah. with the folks who are i mean the the fact that you left a comment at all i think says a lot about the ability to just jump in see what's going on ask a question and uh and then move on yeah yeah exactly so say levy um sorry i just got for some reason got a call coming through to my phone speaking of interaction 
<laughs> yeah. Spe- well, speaking of uh, of like devices and calls and stuff, man, did you see those those Apple announcements today? Right. What? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, More calls. WZWZWZ underscore from Twitch, I think, says breathe, sunflower, rainbow, 450, three to the right, four to the left, breathe. So thanks. I appreciate that. I'm just going to take a moment to breathe. I've been triggered, Chris. I don't know how that happened, but I've been triggered. <laughs> That's like the. I've been activated. Your uh, Cylon code to. <laughs> the government owns me now. No. Okay, so the yeah, Apple put out some new stuff, and and as far as podcasters, we just thought we'd touch on this briefly. Uh, uh, no, I don't. We don't know where that is from. WZWZWZ. Sorry. Was was uh, Apple's announcements: the MacBook Air, Mac Mini, and iPad Pros uh, were all updated and much celebration over the Mac mini, which has been, I don't know, I forget how many 1400 days or whatever it is. That's since it last updated. Um, and so just in brief, I guess, uh, as far as for podcasters and, and things like that, um, I think the, the Mac mini is kind of a neat device. If you're looking to add, I guess if you're doing something like what we're doing, live streaming and things like that, it's kind of a neat option to consider. Although I'm really not too keen on, I'm d- kind of down on Mac as far as a live streaming hardware platform. Um, just seems like the the video side of it, the uh, window side, sorry, of, of that kind of stuff works a little smoother, a little slicker, although I am, it seems to be working so far, knock on glassy tabletop that it's going to keep a holding. I've got wood. <laughs> there you go. Please don't take that out of context, Chris. Come <laughs> on. Bud. That's going to be a sound clip. Come, I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, but uh, what do you what do you think? I, I'm I tried I, I tried really hard to make a go of it of iPad only podcast stuff, and I just my like trying to like edit a podcast with your fingers on the screen. My I would just get so tense, <laughs> yeah. like I'm just like, Ugh, and and it's not not me. I know there's lots of people who do it, and so the new iPad Pros would be amazing. I'm sure for that, mm-hmm. but, uh, and then of course the retina laptop that updated is, is, is a good laptop. Actually, it's a, it would be a very capable portable editing machine for logic or, or other audio apps. Uh, especially if you throw, I think if you upgrade it to 16 gigs of RAM, like that's going to be a good little machine. I, I'm actually tempted to upgrade my, what is it? 2011 air finally to something new. So for portability, but I don't know. What did you, anything stick out for you from the Apple announcement? Uh, yeah, a couple things, I guess. Um, I while I do think the quote unquote upgrade to the Mac Mini or the the refresh on the Mac Mini is welcome. I think there are use cases for it, especially in in podcasting or if you know if you've got a a monitor and you've got a keyboard and you've got a mouse and you've got your setup, but you're looking for a replacement for your tower. Let's say it's Windows or it's Mac or whatever. Uh, it's an easy like unplug everything, swap it out, plug everything back in. Um, I think it really, really fits that bill for folks trying to move over to the Mac ecosystem. Um, my main weird takeaway though, as a, uh, from a podcast point of view on the Mac mini is that they decided to put together the mic and headphone jack oh, into yeah. one, which is super inconvenient um, and kind of defeats the whole mix minus capabilities of the Mac mini as it currently stands, uh, you know, sans this quote unquote upgrade. Um, and then I actually really think the addition of the USB-C onto there is, is pretty cool uh, because what, what that could mean is hopefully 
if the accessories that you add to this Mac Mini for, let's say, podcasting are compatible with both Mac and iOS, that's one plug that you just bounce between the two. Now, this iPad Pro that has USB-C yeah. and the Mac Mini that has USB-C and maybe your your Mac computer, your MacBook Pro that has USB-C. Uh, it's pretty great to be able to go just, you know, device to device and use the same equipment. That may mean that recording on the road is easier or, you know, you are able to use one charger for everything. I've heard, you know, people love to be able to do that with their USB-C phones and their MacBook laptops and things like that. Uh, I, I think it's, I think it is probably a worthwhile upgrade if, like me, I have been on this um, Mac Mini here forever and have tried to upgrade the internals. I tried to upgrade the RAM in it, and I tried to upgrade the hard drive to an SSD. Uh, it, it it took, but I run out of space so quickly because I think it's 256 gigs for the SSD. And if you're dealing with audio files... Even just the cache for Auphonic, the the thing that I use to like level out all of the uh, multi-track audio files, that puts like ten gigs into a cache, and then tries to. Um, tr- I'm getting a call from a senator, uh, Rob Rob Poitras sure for Senate. Go vote, people! Really, if you're in the U.S., go vote uh, or register to vote. That that's probably over now, but. Uh, if you've got the ability, go go vote. I don't appreciate though that this has been marked as a spam caller. They're just they're doing their due diligence, right? They're trying to, yeah. I, I get it. I get it. You're 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 hitting the proverbial pavement, if you would. But anyway, so Mac Minis, uh, they're 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 pretty nice. The color maybe is is sort of like I, who cares? I don't I don't care about how it looks, especially if you're going to do the the whole space gray thing. I feel like that is reserved for the pro line. Yeah. And I w- I would have loved to see the Mac mini with a dedicated uh GPU f- to do things like streaming. Like that yeah. that would be great or the ability for a external GPU to just plug in to the U- USB-C uh, port. Maybe that's it's capable of doing that. Yeah, that part it is but, for sure. You can connect with an eGPU, but uh, so I guess. But but still, that's 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 the months, right? Yeah. It's, it's more money. And I it's, it. <laughs> yeah, and I, from all I've seen and read, and and as far as like on again on the from from a podcasting perspective, especially if you're interested in doing any amount of this live streaming stuff, the CPU is the most important thing. GPU is secondary as far as like not obviously for playing game, you need a really good GPU, but uh, for crunching video and getting it out to the to the Twitch or to the wherever your CPU is going to do mm-hmm. a lot of that work if it's a secondary machine. And so, um, and the Mac, I don't know. They just something about it. Crunching video. Just don't handle it. Yeah. Out, well. It's definitely good at rendering like final cut, whatever, and internally like keeping video there. But if, as far as sending stuff out, uh, it's just the Intel announced some sweet, like NUCs they're called NUCs. What are those? Uh, new understated well, computer. I don't know. <laughs> Ooh, ooh, Under, I like that. Um, partnered with Streamlabs, which is uh, they make uh, uh. streaming software, and so it's basically got a capture card and uh, and then a input device, uh, input capture as well as uh, sending out back, obviously to a monitor or whatever. Um, sorry, WZ, WZ, we're, we are interacting, but we are sort of taking our we're doing it in chunks. So uh, we are from Canada and the U.S., and uh, we have seen Stranger Things. I have. I don't know if you haven't, Kyle. <laughs> 
I'm, Welcome to our Stranger Things uh, recap. I'm guessing that's where podcast. where the breeze, sunflower, rainbow. I don't remember that from Stranger Things, but maybe it is. Uh, you look like a very nice biker person, bicyclist person. Uh, anyways. This is getting real deep. I'm not even looking at the chat room. I have no idea what's yeah, happening. So for folks right who are watching the stream later, Kyle is in a low bandwidth, uh, what do we say? Low, low definition area. <laughs> He's at 144p. And so he is actually on the screen. He's just really small little pixels in the are corner. <laughs> No, I was going to say, you're trying to dox me like you're you're giving out my address, 144p. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, and so that's what's going on. That's why I, it's just one yeah. talking head here. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually Chris's internal monologue. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I did I have wonder, this fear because I, I, I did record an episode <laughs> of uh, uh, or just a video with a friend and and of the show, I guess, Justin Jackson. And uh, his his audio wasn't actually being sent out, but he was on video. So kind of the inverse, I guess. And and the well, let's let's talk about ecam though, because based on that video, I decided to pick it up, try it, oh, nice. and uh, you know get on one of their trials and see how it did. Because I, like you, I was under the impression that Macs suck at this, right? Like the the rendering for video sucks on a Mac, and they're just not good at yeah. it. So I loaded up ecam. I went through the process of like, okay, it's coming through my Logitech camera, and uh, it started. I started to record it locally easy yeah no no hiccups no what maybe they're using like h265 or you know whatever the the encoding thing is software encoding that they're using just works like a dream it didn't slow down my computer it wasn't spinning up the fans to oblivion it just seemed to be working really well so i don't know what ecam is doing to make that work especially with like pulling up a skype call and getting rid of the skype buttons that are on there which is just wild i have no idea how they're doing that yeah so like if you uh-huh. used obs to stream out you have to like sort of set up a window to capture what skype is putting out and it's just but, it's it's such undue pressure on a machine where especially if you're on a retina uh macbook or you know one of those other um, really high density screens that's just so much processing power being shoved through your your computer that uh, as soon as i started doing anything in obs or on uh you know any other streaming applications they just it, the, the the computer would melt yeah. <laughs> and then yeah the skype part is like it, it's neat because it, it basically co- records that call of the skype call coming in and the reason why for like i'm doing stupid stuff with it where i'm like streaming out a live video of it but also recording a demo with ScreenFlow on my mac to then publish to youtube later of <laughs> yeah. demoing ecamm so it's kind of like you're circling in on yourself and having a uh, yeah sound yeah. upon sound and then i've got loopback going streaming and, ouroboros yeah so it's uh it, it was actually surprising that i managed to salvage a video at all out of that <laughs> to be honest but um but yeah ecamm live is is a great way to to do it on the Mac side for sure. It doesn't go, do gaming really well. I don't think I've tried a little bit of that just to experiment. It definitely seems geared for like the uh, thought leader, uh, consultant, coach call demo webinar style stuff, and then and then obviously like what we use it for here on Twitch or what I'm using it for. Um, but uh, it it yeah it works. It seems to be working really well, and and uh, they've they update almost weekly, biweekly even. Um, with new features and bug fixes and stuff. So it's a very well taken care of app as well. So your money that it's nice because it's a buy it once for 80 bucks. Now I think it's what up to and, uh, and then you have it for life. They haven't charged me again since I bought it two or three years ago and it sat in my applications folder until I wanted to try it out again. (laughs) And so, 
it's pretty enticing, honestly, because just coming from a, a situation where I had you know a machine going into another machine, and then the camera would go into the Windows machine, and then the mix down would come from the Mac to the Windows machine, and then it would get streamed out. And it's like, I know people have these dedicated streaming machines for this very purpose, so that you sort of uh, troubleshoot your way out of, you know, having to have it all on one machine and deal with the CPU load that's happening for that. But yeah, I, I love the consolidation, the ability to just have one line coming from my focus right into my Mac, the ability to just have that then go out to the internet with one camera, one Logitech camera. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. And so that's where the, the iPad I found was got frustrating because unless you're doing a, like even to do a Skype call recording or whatever audio recording on, on the iPad is a bit of a juggling expedition <laughs> in terms of getting everything connected properly. Whereas if you have the computer, obviously you can connect either physical cables or internally you can run software like loopback or whatever to be able to sort of route audio wherever you want. And, and so if you're doing any sort of modern style i guess you know soundboards or whatever those that kind of stuff it, it kind of falls down pretty quickly on the ipad it hasn't really been upgraded over the last however many years either there's the multitasking is great and the you know having multiple things going on on the same screen is, is great but there is no the uh, systems for which audio gets routed from application to application and then kind of like pulled down into GarageBand or pulled down into, you know, somewhere where you can kind of aggregate that stuff. It doesn't exist. Yeah. It's and I don't know if it will ever exist. It just is so much, so much easier to do on the Mac. Yeah. And the simple thing that I was trying to get done uh, on the podcast editing side is just often for clients when they pay me, I'm listening to it, obviously, but I'll, I'll put it at double speed just for like sections and then go back. And like, if I need to like finesse something or whatever, then I obviously listen to it at normal speed, but, um, there is no way to listen to anything at double speed when you're editing. And so even some of the separate apps that I looked at that are, you know, obviously not free that you have to buy, buy audio apps or whatever on the, on the app, iOS app or on the iPad, sorry. Um, he, uh, you, you, you can't, listen at any faster than real time and so that's a limiting factor even if you wanted to just speed it up a little bit so that you can get you know through a, a long conversation about whatever it happens to be let's say in this conversation <laughs> this conversation i might want to be able to go through quickly and find that spot where we talked about something that was kind of uh not important to the actual audio version that went out uh and that that's just hinders yeah how useful it is and how long it takes you to get stuff done but um i, I think from just an analytical point of view though i would love to see what Adobe does in this space because their recent announcement on iPad Pros for creating the iPad Pro experience through Photoshop CC or whatever they're calling it yeah. um, is basically just Photoshop on the iPad. It's not a mobilized version. It's not any. It is Photoshop on the iPad. And if that gets extended to their audition uh, application or yeah, that's true. Uh, After Effects or whatever, right? Like. I, I'm pretty sure the computing power of the iPad can handle it. It's all about whether the interface makes sense and whether editing is is easy. Now U-Haul is calling me. I do have to answer this one. Okay. Let's let's see. Uh, over <laughs> on the Good Stuff FM site, we are. It's obviously a podcast network. That's where this show is hosted. Um, the MP3s that we send out to our listeners, all ten thousands of them, whatever it happens to be per show. Uh, that part is fed out through a service called transistor.fm. 
which is where we host our podcast and get analytics on our shows from. Anyways, over on the goodstuff.fm, uh, our podcast site, the, we- the website proper, uh, we up until now have been using a service called uh, Sightleaf to publish the podcasts, publish the episode, publish the website. It, it does a, or, yeah, it does a couple of things. So it's, it is both a CMS and also a mode of building and deploying, I, I guess, right? It, it kind of does the deploying by building in a separate branch that GitHub pages pulls in. And then it's like, oh, there's some new information here. Time to, time to turn on the internet. Um, so Sightleaf was one that I had been pretty intimately familiar with in version one before they did their whole Jekyll migration in version two uh, that would leverage the uh, liquid syntax that Shopify used to like pull in uh, blog rolls and like, hey, there's a new post here. You can show the last three posts that were tagged with the tag podcast, that kind of stuff. Um, And I loved it. I love the pricing structure. I could do unlimited sites for like 20 bucks or something ridiculous like that. Obviously, it then just became an idea suck where I would put literally every single idea I ever had in there, uh, whether it was successful or not. It was a graveyard of yeah. uh, missed opportunities and a frequent, constant reminder of things that I never did, which is not great for your psyche, I would say, first and foremost. But secondly, uh, kind of bolsters itself a little bit by saying like, well, you don't really want to get rid of it since you have all these other great ideas in here that one day maybe you'll get to and you probably won't. Um, so Sightleaf was that for me <laughs> for the longest time. It was it was a $240 per year uh idea garbage fire yeah. mostly it's like one step removed from domain registration ideas like registering domains as an idea is a thing people do and then it's they have a, a second level is, to yeah. that which is which makes you even that more bought it's the sunk fallacy or sunk cost fallacy yeah. right you fall i just i just said fallacy yeah. which is something different um it's a sunk cost fallacy where you you feel like uh you know i've put so much time to this that it it's not worth it to me to get out of it now. I should just keep going or at least just have it fester here for a little bit longer. And I didn't want that to happen with our, our stuff at good stuff because being a side project and being something that we focus on when we're able to, it needs to be able to sort of live on its own with zero input, first of all, and also zero cost ideally so that it's just passion and the drive to put out a podcast that is the only sort of remaining factor to us um, feeling like we, we put something out. So I wanted to make sure that we kind of embodied a little bit more of that. And maybe that changes in the future, right? Like we, maybe we make some more money off of ads or maybe we add new shows to the network that um, begin to make it worth it for us to, explore other avenues for revenue or for paying for stuff or for managing other things. But uh, as it currently stands, the most responsible, fiscally responsible and sort of side project responsible way to do this was to move off of Sightleaf and move over to a service that is sort of separated between the build part of it and the content management side. So for content management, we decided to move over to Forestry, which I believe is a sponsor of Jekyll 
which is good. Uh, it was actually really good to see on Jekyll's website for all their documentation and stuff, both site leaf and forestry listed side by side. So that's kind of cool, right? They're yeah. kind of all working towards the same thing. So we moved over to forestry. There is no cost associated with managing content through there. Um, because we're at, there's a page. Yeah, we're at a lower per user level and we're not. Yeah. Big. Right. So because their, their cost is per user, um, we have you and I on there who are kind of the only people who manage the content on, on the website and, and that's it. So it kind of, it fits our needs in that way. Um, but there is no page restrictions. Um, we could have used continue to use site leaf, but they have a page restriction for their developer, like free tier. And I, listen, I'm, I'm all for like paying people for the work that they put into the product <laughs> that they are offering uh, for people. But when it comes to side projects, it's different. I think we are looking for a way to really minimize our overhead and maximize uh, our efforts on, on stuff. And this is the way to do it. So moved over to forestry. Um, we've got all our content in there. The cool part uh, and I think the upgrade for us in terms of moving over to forestry for our content management was that they have a more robust system for front matter uh, templates, which is basically like per show, you add these metadata elements to the the actual episode to say what show it's for, what episode number it is. Um, what the permalink for it is for, uh, or it's, so it's like, you know, SMYM slash one, one, nine. Um, you've got the MP3 URL images, stuff like that. So if you're watching the video version, or, I mean, obviously if you, you know this, if you're watching the video version, but I've got, I'm actually logged into our site on the back end showing that. Oh, cool, cool, so cool. The difference for a lot of folks, I think if you've come from like the WordPress world where a lot of podcasters, I think live is all that those like fields for your episode, your episode title, your date, your episode number, the, the description, the show notes, the link for the MP3, et cetera. That was always there. Every episode you'd add a new episode and all those details, those form elements basically would just appear. Whereas Jekyll on its own doesn't really do that. It doesn't have a template per se that you fill in each time, at least the way we had it configured. And so forestry kind of added that, right? Yeah, there was a way to do that with Sightleaf, but it never worked. And that may have been just a matter of like, we were kind of trying to jam uh too much a, yeah a lot it w- it was a lot um we <laughs> we're basically running an entire podcasting network content management thing um on a a service that is built for static site blogs and like one page stuff it's not made for uh serving up dynamic content like this and and being f- so constantly updated across multiple shows and and all that kind of stuff so um, I think it's a good like technical challenge for us to try and figure out. It's just a fun thing to kind of noodle on on the weekends for me too. Um, <laughs> sans all of the obvious issues when, that we've had recently, when your feeds but, that's, go down. That's a, but yeah, other than that, the, I mean, whatever, <laughs> right? It, uh, but yeah. So other than that, um, the upgrade to forestry has been pretty good for us. There's also, in terms of the front matter templates. I'm also able to hide certain fields from uh, the creation process which makes it easy to assign show-specific metadata options that never change to that particular show. So when Chris goes to create a new uh, SMYM episode in there, uh, I hide the show field for that, and I also hide 
the um, page template uh, for that so that it it automatically creates the episode template and then all you're filling in is the dynamic content that you know changes episode to episode the number mp3 yeah. image stuff like that notes i love to see from coming from a product background i love to see the updates so it ma- it makes me feel like they're working on it and that actually kind of makes me more willing to move from whatever free tier we're on eventually to a paid tier just so it's maybe we don't use the features, but maybe we just want to support the development of the product. So I would love to be able to do that eventually in the future. Now, the split here is that uh, we are not doing the deploying through forestry like uh, the uh, site leave site would do. We moved our deployment over to Netlify, I think is the, I've typed it a yeah. million times, yeah, Netlify. but Netlify. Yeah. Um, they will basically just slurp up a repo from GitHub and run a, a build command on it like you would locally for a, a Jekyll build and then serve that to the internet. And they can you know run custom commands and things like that. Uh, but I think the coolest part with Net- Netlify is that um, you can create in like if this, then that style uh, push to the Netlify service to say, hey, just every day at noon, build my website. And what that has so far allowed us to do is to basically use that as a scheduler. So anything that is scheduled for uh, publishing in the past gets built every time the build runs on Netlify. It's kind of, I mean, we're getting now into the weeds of like how this works, but the combination of Jekyll plus the theme we've put together, which is now quote unquote open sourced. You can go dig around in my code and pull it apart if you want to. Um, don't don't at me, I guess, is the part <laughs> of the program that I say don't at me about my code because I don't care really that much. Um, unless you're willing to help. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> pro bono. Uh, but other than that, uh, just the combo of Jekyll with the theme that we have, the forestry as the content management system. And then Netlify for building it, it's really worked out really, really well uh, so far. And obviously, hosting for MP3s is still on on Transistor, and that's been working out well for us. But yeah, in terms of homegrown podcast network, that's that's the whole that's the whole pie right now. And so, for anybody who's maybe used, like I said earlier, like WordPress for their hosting, or maybe used a service like Transistor where they they basically could build your website for you and t- take care of all of that, you might be wondering like. This seems like a lot of work and extra stuff to manage when you just really want to make a podcast. And and you would be right. <laughs> it is a lot of extra work when you just want to make a podcast. What uh, I think the reason if if for Kyle and I anyways in doing this is we are a bit of like um the programmer nerd side of us appreciates being able to sort of like roll your own build your own, do it all, you know, out of the box or not out of the box, but own the whole stack. If you, yeah, own the whole stack, the Apple style, uh, I guess of podcasting. If, (laughs) if we were serving it up from like a home network here, that was on my, my one forty four P maybe we would be in, in a a worse spot, but I think that's like, part of it is having, being able to mess around with all of that kind of stuff. And, and so, and, and, and play with things like, on the hosting side, some of the the cool new stuff, which is like a, it's, I think it's the buzzword is Jamstack where it's like, uh, in the past it would be like 
you'd have PHP running, which would do WordPress, and uh, I forget all the other acronyms and things that you'd have running there, but something like Jekyll or um, uh, Hugo and some of these other static site generators uh, or flat file sites, where it's basically on the server right now is more or less just an HTML file. There's no like thing that runs out as you view the page. It's not like collecting everything like WordPress does and building the, the page for you. It's just there. So you got a bit more of a solid, uh, faster, more efficient web page. So it loads quick. Um, but then you can also kind of do a lot of customizing, backing up it, backing it up, doing branches on GitHub of your site. And if you wanted to like redesign it or rebuild a whole new site out of that, um, like we've switched back and forth from, um, we could switch back and forth from Netlify back to GitHub pages where it was hosted before fairly easily. Mm-hmm. Um, Netlify has some really like now, if you haven't heard of Netlify before in the web hosting world, if the, one of the shows I edit is shop talk show and they talk about it constantly. Cause it's kind of the, the new hotness in terms of uh, web hosting. Um, but just really cool. And they, they, a service like Netlify has basically pushed GitHub to, innovate a little faster than they would as well. Um, and add, adding things like um, some of the sort of branching support and 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 things like that, that um, where you can build a site basically off of a branch of a GitHub repo instead of having to always like push your master. Anyways, I don't, I don't even know all the words I'm saying or understand, <laughs> understand them all. <laughs> but and taking care of things like in the past, a flat file or static site, it was really hard to do even something as simple, which again on WordPress is super simple now, a form where you have like a contact us form. Um, Netlify can mm-hmm. take care of all of that for you this is not a sponsored episode although i wish it was um <laughs> and uh and then get at it yeah and and then managing identity they're like user control stuff they can do take care of that for you so you don't have to rely on facebook and you don't have to also build your own like login and passwords and all that kind of stuff so um it's a really cool system and uh and actually can be used in conjunction with without getting too geeky and way beyond what i understand but somehow you can actually run netlify like host your site on netfly netlify and pulling from a WordPress install as well. So your WordPress, you still have your WordPress CMS, but then Netlify builds out, pulls the data off of some sort of, have you heard of a JSON, Kyle? Do you know what a JSON is? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, that's that, that's that scary character in those, yeah, for uh, Halloween. those Halloween yeah. movies, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it basically right. puts a guy in with a hockey mask and a cleaver in charge of your data, and he hands that over to Netlify from WordPress, I think is how that works. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> That actually, JSON, I believe, is like the the next hot thing in terms of RSS and like syndication for stuff. Right. Um, for serving up, we use JSON for data files to uh, fill out like um, you know, the, the show data and uh, URLs and stuff like that. It it gets all built at once. Yeah. For that kind of stuff, but. So if you're geeky about yeah. the website itself, it's kind of a fun. And then like we, like Kyle said, we host our podcast episode files, the MP3 files are with Transistor. And and so then it's just a matter of grabbing the the MP3 for a MP3 URL for a show. I'll just go grab, look at one here and like that. I grab the MP3, paste it into the website and away you go. Just like you would do if your, your current site maybe is WordPress, but your podcasts are hosted elsewhere. Um, so kind of geeky, kind of fun. Uh, it causes a few headaches every now and then when, when something goes awry, like, a, a your feed URL, let's say doesn't quite resolve properly or whatever. And so then you're fixing stuff that you wouldn't normally have to fix, but you also don't have to deal with, we are not dealing with any plugins that expire and WordPress errors and, and that kind of stuff. It kind of just like at the end of the day, our site is, is there and it's not depending on any sort of server 
code to just to live, I guess, in a sense. So it's kind of nice. Yeah, it, it is. Like I mentioned earlier, I want to, if for any reason, we just no longer wanted to publish a show ever. And we just wanted it to live on the internet forever as it is, as a, a, a graveyard of podcast episodes. We could, um, yeah. and it would just sit there. We wouldn't have to do anything and it would just continue to live. We wouldn't have to pay any bills. Wouldn't have other than obviously domain. Uh, but even that, I mean, now we could move it to goodstuff.xyz and it would be nine bucks a year or some or five bucks a year or something ridiculous, right? Um, it, it may be worth it eventually to to make that type of move where we reduce our domain per year cost from FM to goodstuff.pizza and it's it's 50 bucks instead. I mean, what whatever, it's hard to put a value on that kind of stuff, but when it comes to making sure that we own uh, all of this and we are mostly in control of it, there is a certain point where I kind of relinquish control and say like, I have no idea. I have no idea how to do this. I've been Googling my head off for the last three hours and I haven't found a solution. Um, then, you know, Chris will jump in and say, well, I contacted support and they just said to do this. Uh, I'm, I'm utilizing our channels effectively and maximizing our time and effort. Uh, and I, I appreciate that. It's kind of, you know, we got a left brain, right brain situation going on yeah. and it, it works out really well. Yeah. And it's, it's fun. It's, keeps us on our toes a little bit with that. And, uh, I like that. I, it's a bit like your, we're, uh, it almost sounds like we're future, we're proofing ourselves, uh, preparing ourselves so our kids and our grandkids don't have to keep hosting our podcast when we die. <laughs> Basically it's like sort of yeah. like, uh, what's like a succession, succession planning or like, you know, next generation of good stuff. You, good you, you and I take, you and I take separate planes to our destinations exactly. so that, uh, the, when the plane goes down, we're, we're not on the same flight. <laughs> exactly. Pretty much. So yeah, the keys to the car are, are underneath the, the seat just in case you lock them, uh, <laughs> in the house. So that's what we're doing. And that's kind of why, um, although it's a little bit groovy, but anyways, if you have questions about why and how and whatever, you can definitely send those to us. Obviously I'm I Chris on Twitter. He's hot burps on Twitter. If he, if he decides to log on, um, but you can also use the hashtag ask SMYM to send in a question to the show, regardless of whether you tweet at us or not. You can also follow the show on Twitter, SMYM underscore FM and uh, be notified when, uh, I forgot to tweet out that we were live, but when new episodes are coming out, that'll definitely be on there. And uh, for folks who sent in their name or their show to be interviewed on a future episode of Show Me Your Mic, uh, which you can do at goodstuff.fm slash SMYM slash ask. And that I should, I should double check to make sure that form actually still works. Oh, yeah, I was in embed, so it should still work <laughs> um, <laughs> before I do that. Uh, but uh, there was about six or seven shows that are on the list. And I sent an email to all of them today just with a doodle poll or whatever to figure out date and time for your interview. So check your email if you haven't got that already from me and tweet at me at iChris if, uh, if uh, you didn't get it for some reason, if it hit your junk mail or I missed you somehow. Um, and uh, we'll, so we'll have, be having some, future, some interviews on future episodes as well to look forward to. And uh, I don't know. Is there anything else I'm forgetting, Kyle? No, that was a you buttoned it up. Buttons it up. So, uh, lemonproductions.ca slash hires. We can hire me. If you want to edit, want a podcast editor or consulting on your podcast, maybe. And uh, Kyle, you can visit at podcast.untapped.com. Yeah. Or you can, uh, you can even fork my repo. Right. Uh, it's now or for this whole source. Yeah. So you can, you can just go grab that and set up your own podcasting network, which is kind of cool. I, I kind of like that idea where you just jump in and 
you, you got a starting point. As we know, the like this part, as, as complicated as it is, um, setting up a website for your podcast is definitely the easiest part of podcasting. <laughs> like we've made it a little more convoluted, but like anybody can set up a website for their podcast. The hard part is actually recording the podcast regularly and uh, and making the show. I guess. Oh, we we most definitely took the hardest route uh, here. This is the double black diamond of putting together a podcast and is absolutely if, if you're in it for the long haul and you want to get something like this set up or you want um, to to sort of future proof your podcasting network, sign up for my seminar and I'll <laughs> uh, I'll walk you through all the all the steps uh, for for just six thousand uh, dollars for eight hours. Actually, the best way. Uh, to is is probably just to go i'll put a link in the show notes here or into the chat too but transistor.fm slash icris slash via icris i can't remember anyways that's my affiliate code but either way check out transistor link in the show yeah, notes it'll be in the show notes but our, our repo is there just make sure if you fork the repo that you don't build your livelihood around a fork of a repo because if that repo disappears um then your your site might also disappear if you happen to be a podcast mm. network, mm. Um, although it actually wouldn't in this case, cause it's a public site. So it actually would transfer the fork would get transferred to someone else as far as primary ownership. So I think you'd be okay. But if Kyle ever decided to take it private and your whole business depends on that fork, um, then you may be in trouble. So you will have to stick a fork in it. I guess, <laughs> I guess that's it. Relay over and out. thank you for listening thank you for watching wherever you are we'll stick around on the stream for a few minutes to answer some of the questions that came in while we were chatting Uh, but uh, goodstuff.fm slash smym slash 119 is where you can find this episode on the internet and of course in your various podcaster podcast players of choice feel free to leave us a rating or review on uh, apple Podcasts is the big one but wherever you are and that'll help the word get out about the show that's about podcasting just your old podcast about podcasting i'm chris thanks for listening hope you have a great day bye